Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. I think it's so neat that you're able to join us through this medium, and it means so much to me personally to hear that this has been used to encourage so many of you. It has always been the posture of Genesis to tangibly extend the love of Jesus in various ways, both locally and across the world. We support programs that assist families in need, contribute to ongoing works and building projects in Mexico. We've built a latrine and cafeteria for St. Andre's School in Haiti, as well as are advancing a food program there that we hope will help feed the children for years to come. The money collected for all these endeavors could have paid for a facility of our own many times over, but instead, we've intentionally chosen to be a mobile community since we began. We now have before us an opportunity to invest in a building of our own. We're not doing this, however, without considering the works we're committed to or even the works we feel compelled to keep doing in the future. But we're asking, if you've benefited from this podcast or from anything that Genesis has done, would you consider partnering with us by donating to this work directly at www.thegenesisstory.com and click on the Building Fund tab. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Together, let's prepare for an amazing tomorrow. Thanks, and God bless. On your seats or near them, there was a pad of paper or one piece of paper and a pen. And that's for you to write down any questions that you might have. I have found in my own life, questions have been an important part of my journey to a closer and deeper relationship with God. It is when I didn't ask the things that were troubling me that I didn't have the sincerity in the relationship that I really needed. And so want to hear your questions. I want to hear from you what questions you have, whether it be concerning our society, concerning the scriptures, concerning uh, faith or, or uh, certain beliefs. I can't guarantee that I can answer them, but we want to engage on those things. You see, there, there are a lot of questions that we have that we never step into because they're never presented. And unless we ask, we can't really engage in some of those things. It can be anonymous, so you don't have to have your name on there. If you want to put your name, that's up to you. But we want to hear from you about the things that are important to you, the things that you want to know about. I want our faith to be something that is alive where we are living. I want it to be something that engages what we are engaging in on a daily basis. I don't want our faith to be secluded into a place where we come here and we have our beliefs and then out there we encounter something different. Our faith should be a real part of life. And, and so I encourage your questions. One of the things that we are also going to be doing with our Connect is having a different format where we are encouraging you to ask questions that we will address. We are going to have our next Connect meeting on February 18th, which is a Saturday. And I'm going to be kind of hosting it with, again, Ted and Margie, or I'll be answering some questions and kind of leading the format. But your questions are going to be an important part of that. 
It has to do with how we connect to each other, how we connect to the world around us. And again, questions have been the most important part of my journey. I shared last week when we began this series that friends of mine asked me one time when they had the desire for advice, they didn't ask me what I thought. They said, we want you to ask us some questions because they found that when I asked them questions, it helped them to think through what they needed to do. And so that's why we're doing this series called Questions. And we've had a number of questions. And last week I got a question. I'll paraphrase it a little bit. But it said, how do you deal with Christians who think that Donald Trump is the second coming of Christ? Okay. And I know they didn't mean literally. I know that they meant facetiously. How do we deal with people who have this mindset? And I got the impression from this little note that they didn't have the same mindset. Okay. And so what I want to do is really break the boundaries. And this morning we are going to talk about religion and politics, the things you're never supposed to talk about if you want to keep your family intact. So, hey, let's go. At, uh, okay. And again, I think it's important to have these kinds of conversations, and I will probably not answer all the questions you have concerning these things, but I want to step into the mud of this conversation. I want to step into the division we are seeing take place in our country and the call that we have by Jesus that says that we are to be peacemakers. I want to step into this treacherous ground and find out how How do we navigate through these things when it seems there is so much division? You guys ready for it? Glad you are. Uh, Okay. Open with me to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. We'll read verses. Chapter 7 verses 1. Uh, I'm sorry, John. Um, No, it's supposed to be Matthew. Yeah, it's supposed to be Matthew. I'm sorry. I was in John. Wait a second. That's not what I read. Okay, John, chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. It says, Do not judge, or you will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Now this morning I want to talk to you about children's toys, about the Joker and Gotham City about puberty and Neil Armstrong, okay? You know, we all grow up with certain orientations. We all grow up with a mindset that we are born into. It has to do with the culture that you live in. It can do with the ethnicity of your family. I mean, some of you, you look back and it was just a normal thing for you to have Menudo January 1st. Is that anyone? Okay. And other yous are saying, what's Manu though, you know? 
being born in the United States gives us a certain orientation. If you were born in another part of the world, you would see things based on where you're born and how you grow up because our orientation is the foundation that we kind of move from. The other day I was watching my grandson who turns one year old tomorrow. We're having a birthday for him. He's one year old already. And, and, you know, I just see him as the greatest kid alive because he's my grandson and he's just so happy and he's smiling and he's always playing and always having fun. And, and the you know, living room has turned into his playroom, right? And it's for sanity's sake. You got to give him as much as he wants to play with so that he doesn't make you crazy, right? And I'm not the mom who has to take care of him all the time. I'm just the grandpa who gets to smile, pick him up, make him laugh, and then leave. And so he's playing with all these things and he's got all these toys. And I think he's the best baby in the world. All he does is smile and play and have fun. Well, Amanda brought a friend over who she'd met at the library that had some little girls and she brought her friend over with the little girls and the little girls came over and started playing with his toys. And his orientation changed. You see, this was his world. This was his living room. Who are these girls messing with my stuff? I'm saying that now with the granddaughters in the house, right? It's like, who are these people? They're t- and he was having a hard time because what he thought was his was now having to be shared with someone else. And and it was causing this anxiety with him. You see, when we live in a world that it's just our way, things are fine. But as soon as something causes a problem, throws a wrench into the way we are used to living, then what happens is we start really showing up. We start seeing what we're made of. I got to see my grandson in a new light. What? He's spoiled? (laughs) Not him. He can't be spoiled. He's my grandson. He's perfect. But all kids pretty much grow up spoiled and have to learn how to deal with others. I deal with this in the dog training too. People don't realize they're spoiling their dogs doesn't everyone boil chicken and give it to their dogs? It's like, no. <laughs> In fact, can I come live at your house and you treat me like a dog? I had... See, we all start here and we see ourselves as in the right and anyone who disagrees with us as in the wrong. And what happens is that things start to take place that cause us to be disoriented with the way we're used to thing. It's a different point of view. It's a different belief system. It's seeing things in another way, and all of a sudden it disorients us. And when you start seeing conflict rise up between people, it's because there is a disorientation with these views that they're each holding. But that conflict that starts to develop is telling us something. It's telling us that something is not right in both of these camps. And it's when we start seeing problems that we start saying, what's going on here? You see, unless I saw my grandson crying over someone else playing with his toy, I never would have had the inclination that he might be spoiled 
or not want to share. And he's doing much better, by the way. He's still a great kid, okay? But it's when you see the problems that you look back to what's going on. What's the issue behind the discord? What's the problem underneath what we're starting to see? And it's the same thing in our society. As we start to see people protesting, people upset, whether it's for one candidate or another, we're starting to see that there is a discontentment with how things are. And so they have a voice. And this is what needs to take place really for change. I, I love looking at movies and when I see a movie, I want to f- figure out how does this happen? And so, you know, in the Dark Knight Batman the series, which is, I think, the best one, uh, the Joker would be just a loony guy, which he kind of is, but the only reason the Joker has any influence is because there are hundreds of people who don't have jobs who he can then get to work for him to plant bombs and do all these crazy things. But it's because of the Gotham's mess that there is this now potential for the discord, which is the whole premise of Batman. The city is so corrupt, we need this hero, but it's so corrupt, this is the element that starts to rise up in it. See, if there weren't those hundreds of people who were homeless and confused and problematic... There would be no place for the joker. And the same thing is true in our society. If there was no issues, if there was no homelessness, if there was no problems with health care, if there was no problems with the you know, uh, health system, with government control, with foreign issues. If there were no problems, we wouldn't know anything was wrong, but there are problems. And so we start to hear voices and the voices are coming out of everywhere. They're coming out of both camps that are saying these rights need to be heard. And there's another group saying these rights need to be heard. And then there's another group saying these rights need to be heard. And all these voices are taking place because there are problems. And when the system starts to break down, what happens is people start filling in the gaps to try and fix what's going on. And it usually gets messy before it gets better. When you think about some of the things that have taken place in the past, really, this is one of the few times where you can look and see where a government has a drastic change and it doesn't result in total revolution. I mean, the French Revolution, there were 40,000 people who died just because of that revolution. You've got the, the Russian Revolution and there's a lot more. Even in the Cuban Revolution, they think about 100,000 people died with the change of these regimes. And here we have this democratic system where, oh, you have protests and you have these outbreaks of you know, violence, but we're not seeing what has happened potentially in the past when there's big changes, thankfully. But it's still telling us something. It's telling us that someone doesn't feel that their voice is heard And they need to see a change. 
And as awkward as that is, it's actually a good thing. But how we move forward is the important thing. And these words that Jesus gives where he tells us not to judge is he's not telling us about having high standards of character. He's telling us to recognize our position with other people that you do not have, I do not have the right to stand as God over someone else, that God only has that right. And so I'm not the one who stands in that kind of judgment. And what I am supposed to do is see my fellow human being on the same level as me so that I can deal with them in a way that is accurate. If I see them as less than me, then I've got the plank in my eye and I'm trying to remove dust out of their eye. If they see me as less than them, the same thing is true. You see, it's good to have different ideas. It's good to have different ways of thinking, but it's not good to think that you are better than someone else. You have just crossed the line. And what happens is you hear the different viewpoint and now your life is disoriented. The the orientation that you were used to has now got another voice in it that's thrown things off. I didn't need your voice, but now your voice is here and I have to recognize it because you are important just like me. And when I think of awkward, I, I think of puberty, okay? I think of growing up when your body starts to change and no one really tells you. I mean, you hear about it in school, but you didn't know it was really gonna happen to you. And all of a sudden, you know, you break out in pimples and your legs don't work anymore and all these things start happening to you. And you're like, what's going on my voice? What happened to that? You know, things change and all of a sudden you feel really awkward because life has changed around you. But it's necessary. If you don't go through that, you don't grow up. And as awkward and as difficult as that stage of life is, it is a stage of life that helps us to move forward. And what happens is a lot of times we do not want to see change take place to accommodate the people that we are living with. And so what we want to do is silence the other voice so that my voice will be the one that's heard. And we use fear as a motivation. And the political system is run by fear. If you elect this official, Medicare will disappear and your older people will not be able to provide medicine for them. If you elect this person, they are going to lead us into war and it's going to be the end of civilization as you know it. If you elect this official, they are going to neglect all these people and these people are going to go down the tubes. If you elect these people, they're going to neglect and it's all fear motivated because fear is a great motivator. Fear will get you to have, I don't want to lose that. I've got to respond. And so fear starts to become what controls us. If we can get scared enough, then we can start controlling how people are going to respond to that fear. And what we want to do then is vilify the opposing force, the opposing people, 
and say that that's the enemy. Because then we can reorient ourselves to the way we're used to. You know, the children of Israel, they vilified the Assyrians, the Babylonians, the Romans. But when you look at their history, really the problem was the Israelites. And their actions resulted in a lot of their conditions. And a lot of times that's really what needs to take place. These choices that we make and how we deal with each other are going to either push us forward or hold us back. Paul tells us in Romans chapter 12, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. You see, this is where we need to move. I've got to go to a place where now I see a person who has a different viewpoint than mine. And instead of vilifying them and trying to silence them, I have to try and hear where they're coming from and live at peace with them. It's amazing because I have close friends and family members who are on both sides of the spectrum. I have extremely liberal friends and family makers, and I've got extremely conservative family and friends on both sides. I, I even have friends who are involved with a nonprofit and in helping service and aid people who are underprivileged and they're both on different sides. One's Democrat, one's Republican, and they are both amazing people doing amazing work for the same cause. And you see, there is something taking place that is important to understand. There, you see, this person is seeing it and maybe they see it a little bit different, but what they want to accomplish is very similar to the other person who's seeing it from a different perspective who's wanting to accomplish something similar. And if we could find a way to just say, you know what, I don't agree with all that you say, but I can see what you're wanting to do. And I can agree that what you want to do is a good thing. Whatever that might be. That now gives us a place where I can reorient and live at peace with someone, even though I disagree with. Because I'm not asking you to go have biscuits and tea with all the people. I said biscuits and tea because it sounded so proper, right? Coffee and donuts just loses it, you know. <laughs> go have biscuits and tea and we're going to all get along and be brilliant. The point is that I am going to live at peace with you and your viewpoint and I am going to have a conversation where you're at and give you respect because you and I are on the same plane. But when we start slinging names, those liberals, those conservatives, all liberals are this way, all conservatives, all, the, all Trump supporters, all Clinton, or Obama supporters, Pretty soon you've just lumped in everything. You've tried to silence a voice. Your, your reorientation has been exclusive because you don't want to change. But guess what? The world has changed. You're going to have to deal with this other group of people. 
And usually what happens is when you get a division as strong as we have in our country today, as it starts breaking down, something else rises up. And this is the time when a third group of people start stepping in and saying, you know what? We don't want to just belong to this or that. We want our voice to be heard in these areas as well. And it usually starts in a grassroots kind of way. It starts at coffee shops. It starts at family conversations. It starts at talks and things like that, where even the the political party starts to change, right? The Republican Party isn't the same as it was 50 years ago. Neither is the Democratic Party. If you were to look at the history, they've totally changed. You know what? They're going to change still. They're going to change again. How are they going to change? Depends on the people who are part of them. And this is where we get to the heart of, I think, what Jesus has always been about. You don't change society by changing government. You change society by changing the people who occupy that government. When people's hearts change, then it changes everything. And it doesn't matter what political system is in play. I have the responsibility as a follower of Jesus to love my neighbor as I love myself. I need to love my neighbor just as I love myself. It doesn't matter what party they are. I have no right to judge them, look down at them, see myself as more educated, see myself as more knowledgeable, to see myself in a better position than them. They are my neighbor. I need to love them right where they are, who they are, what party they belong to. That's where I need to reorient myself. That's where we need to move. When we don't see things go our way, We will either try and vilify and silence or we're going to have to step into the discomfort of that orientation. We're going to have to engage these things. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8, Paul tells us, he gives us an attitude that we are supposed to have. It's that of Christ himself. He says, in your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross." If anyone had the right to look down, it was Jesus. But what he did is he raised others up. What if we did that in this arena? What if instead of looking at the other party, those Democrats, they're this. What if we looked at them and said, you know what? They are more important than me. 
How is that going to change how I deal with them? I still disagree. I still disagree with this party and their ways, but how do I engage them when they are more important than me? This is the attitude and the mindset of Christ. It's not you accept their views and you just give in. It's you see them as more important. And this would stop the slander that takes place on Facebook. This would stop the throwing of accusations and no conversation actually gets taken place because I don't care about why you feel the way you feel. I just want you to know it's wrong. I'm going to vilify you. Let everyone know that if they vote for your party, the world is doomed. I can't tell you how many presidents presidents were supposed to be the antichrist. I mean, I heard it through the years. Every president's supposed to be the antichrist. There's a question for you guys in there. Neil Armstrong, when he was on the Apollo 11 mission going to the moon, counts how he looked out that window and he saw this little blue dot. And he closed one eye and he put his thumb up and he blocked out that dot. He blocked out the entire earth just with his thumb. And he said it didn't make him feel big. It made him feel very, very small. You see, the key to all of this is humility. The key to what's going to engage us in healthy dialogue that moves us to this position where we start changing the divide that exists here is going to be a humility of character that sees others, like Jesus did, more important than myself. When I look at Jesus who saw others more important than himself, it did not change what was important. But it affected how he spoke to the people. See, what would happen if we determined to see and understand our fellow citizens in this way? Why did you make that choice? Why did you vote for this person? Well, I believe that this person would accomplish this, this, and this. And you could probably say, yeah, if that were true, I would agree with you. That would probably be the right way to vote. Why did you choose this person? Well, I believe that they would affect this, this, and this. Okay, well, if that's true, yeah, I could see why you would vote that. And so now we have the process of finding out, well, okay, then how do we, we accommodate what you're wanting to do? Like these two friends I have who are both doing good work in one area who both degree, agree in different places, see things in a different way. How do we move forward in this direction? Because wisdom asks questions to understand. Wisdom asks questions to understand. You see, what violence is, what war is, is the absence of conflict. Violence is the absence of conflict. You know, you're saying violence is conflict. No, when you can no longer dialogue in the conflicts that you have, that's when war begins. That's when violence begins. I can no longer have a conversation with you, so violence takes place. I can no longer dialogue with you, so then violence takes place. You see, violence is the absence of the ability to have actual conflict. 
It shuts the door to any further conversation taking place. Is your engagement with other people creating more conversation or are you shutting the door? Because when the door shuts, that's when the problems start. And what each party has been doing is trying to shut the door on the other party. And when that happens and there's the inability to have the good conflict that's necessary, that's when you see violence take place. So we... As followers of Jesus, those who are called to be peacemakers, those who are called to esteem others as more important than ourselves, those who are called to love our neighbor as ourselves, the way we are going to do this is in the tradition of wisdom. It's going to be engage and have conversation. It's going to be ask questions and give respect to the people who are talking to us, even when we disagree. And we can now voice the disagreement, but it's always with that respect. See, I would be terrified to tell you guys how to vote. Because I don't know these people. I don't know what they're going to turn out like. Who knows what this is going to run into and what it's going to happen? And who knows where this party will be in 10 years? And who knows where this party will be in 10 years? It probably won't be where it is today. I'm not going to make that kind of call. But I can tell you what Jesus has told us to do. He's told us not to judge others as we are better than them. And before we start criticizing them, let's think about all the areas that we need help with. That we're not here to to put other people down, but we're actually to see them more important than ourselves. Next time you post something on Facebook, imagine that. I'm going to post this so that they're more important than me. That I'm to love my neighbor as I love myself. And I am trying to encourage conversation by asking questions, because I want to know, why do you feel the way you feel? Let me help, help me to understand that. Because they're probably closer to you in what they're wanting to accomplish than maybe you realize. We don't want to lose our head when things break down, when our reality becomes, I have to share my toys. If I refuse to share my toys, then we're going to have Gotham City in my house. The Joker's going to come up and get all the kids to take over. It's awkward. It's difficult. But I want to be able to recognize just how small I really am and how much I need to learn and how much I have to grow And in this attitude, be able to engage with others to see their importance in the sight of God and myself. I don't have to like or embrace everything they say, but I do have to maintain the character that comes with the name Christian with everyone that I engage. Let's pray.
Lord, I, I probably didn't answer anyone's question about Donald Trump. But God, that's really not the question that I think is important. And Lord, I do pray that you would help us to be the future voice in this conversation that's taking place in our country. Lord, where there is division from left to right, may we bring a voice of humility and concern. May we be the voice that brings peace and not silences the conversation. Lord, may we accept conflict as opportunity to engage. And may we recognize that the absence of this dialogue is going to bring violence. As difficult as it is, God, help us to be the people who step into the difficult conversations with grace, with thoughtfulness, and with the character of Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. encourage you to write your questions down and put them in the barrel in the back. If you don't ask the questions, I'll think of some of my own, like why does pasta stick on the ceiling when it's ready? So if you don't want to hear that and you want a deeper question, give it to me. I'd love to hear those questions. And now may you be the people who hear the voice of others and show them respect. May you be the people who lead this conversation into a new future And may you have the character of Christ as you do it. God bless you guys. Hope to see you next week. Have a great week. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.